Chicago Police Department. Are you the man in charge? That's right. Well, who am I speaking to? John Q. I assume since all the doors are locked, this is a hostage situation. Is that correct? Okay. Bless me, Father. I've sinned. Blood pressure is dropping fast. He's going into cardiac arrest. But I don't understand. Mike's heart is useless. He's going to need a transplant or he's going to die. What will make Mike so sick? Transplant surgery is very expensive. We got insurance. There are no provisions in your policy for a procedure of this magnitude. All right, you want money. I'll get you your money. We've recently switched carriers. We only give assistance to patients without coverage. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Have you tried Medicaid? No, you don't qualify. My son is dying. I'm broke. If I don't qualify, who the hell does? I've done everything I can do. I'm sorry. Please. They are releasing him. Now you need to do so something. Take care of him. Do something. Hospital's under new management now. Everybody does exactly what I say, nobody will get hurt. Or hurt. I want my kid's name on the donor's list. This is gonna end up bad for you, John. Police will do whatever is necessary to preserve the lives of these hostages. Well, they're telling me I gotta take my son home and watch him die. If you could speak to John Q right now, what would you say to him? I'm there with you and you take care. <laughs> Five fifteen. When something happens for me, are you praying for a baby? Yes, I'm praying, sweetheart. He's a good kid. You'd like him. I am not gonna bury my son. I got a shot at this guy, and I'm gonna take it. My son is gonna bury me. Take the shot. How's it gonna end, John? Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. I am Angela. Look at myself. <laughs> yeah, this is Movie Umpers. The sounds you hear may be dogs. It's a melancholy episode because we're bidding farewell today to January's theme this month of Portraits of the Artists, in which we discussed two black leading men, significant black leading men from both ends of the film history. And how much of we talk, we've already wrapped up the Paul Robeson movies. We discussed five of those. And we discussed double, at least double the amount of Denzel. Mr. Denzel. It's Denzel or it's Denzel? I was calling you Denzel. Is that correct? Actually, it's Denzel. Oh, no, is it really? Yeah, but. So was but, your dad Denzel? Well, he was Denzel. And. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm Denzel Jr. So my mother started calling me Denzel just so, you know. She'd say Denzel, and we both would show up. We're ending this one. This week's final theme going out is The Artists of the People. With Paul Robeson in the Proud Valley, he was a man of the, of the workers. He helped them soothe their struggle, helped them find dignity. Old John Q, in this movie, directed by Nick Cassavetes. Yes, that is John Cassavetes' son. Mm-hmm. We will be talking about a John Cassavetes movie very soon, but... This one directed by his kid. Uh, Nick Cassavetti's probably biggest movie is The Notebook. Mm-hmm. And this is written by James Kearns. Now, James Kearns, this is his one major feature film. He oh, wow. wrote for some of your grandma's favorite shows. Highway to Heaven. Okay. Jake and the Fat Man. Yep. Mr. Belvedere. 
Mr. Belvedere. Hello, Danny. Is Wesley here? Yes, come on in. Everyone, you remember Wesley's friend, Danny? Oh, hi, Danny. Hi, Mrs. Owens, Mr. Owens. Hiya, champ. How's it going? Well, I gotta eat, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so this is his one credit for major wow. feature theatrical release, uh, 2002's John Q. John Q, I mean, the character's name is John... Quincy Archibald. Yes, but, you know, that term John Q. Public, right? Have you ever heard that term? Absolutely. He's an everyman. Denzel is the ultimate everyman in this movie. It also stars, as well as Mr. Denzel, Kimberly Elise as his wife, who I thought did a really good job. She did a great job. Uh, the emotions of the family dynamic were probably the strongest part of this movie. Yes. Also starring James Woods and Anne Hayes, the late Anne Hayes, who plays someone that you really hate in this movie. And Robert Duvall. Also, Ray Liotta, the late, great Ray Liotta, plays the corrupt, fame-obsessed police chief. Which he does so well. <laughs> yeah, we love Ray Liotta, no matter what. And yeah, John Q. This movie didn't make money. I will say that. I was just thinking about how we cheered when we saw Ray Liotta's name <laughs> come up at the beginning of the movie. He's one of our favorite he character really actors. He like, really we is. just love the guy. And it was so sad when he passed away. It was sad as fuck when Anne Hayes passed away. She was in a yeah, horrible that was a tragedy. car accident. It was just something that it seemed like the Hollywood world was not prepared for. Anne Hayes just suddenly gone and in such a brutal way. And Ray Liotta unfortunately passed away from cancer. But yeah, some uh, some late greats up in this piece, and James Woods. Actually, James Woods gets his balls busted a lot because he's like a very one of the conservative mm. celebrities. But I've always maintained that, like, not necessarily that I maybe have some personal love for James Woods. I don't think he's a bad actor. But I also find that conservative celebrities are more honest than these censored. Liberal celebrities that sure. when they become inconvenient will easily go more in towards the James Woods camp. Mm. Um, so I don't really separate the James Woods types from the, um, I don't separate James Woods much from the Alyssa Milano's, honestly. But there are some celebrities that do stand out. Susan Sarandon, Danny DeVito, um, the dude who played the Hulk. Why can't I remember his name? He was in Poor Things. They, those guys. Mark Ruffalo. You know who's, uh, as the kids say, based as fuck? I don't even know what that means. It means you're more of a lefty term, but I guess conservatives have co-opted too. It just means that you're settled down into your political beliefs on the left. John Cusack. When I was really young, I used to just dislike him for no reason. Yeah. It and was that, a joke when we started dating because I was in love with him. And, but the dude is like the fucking shit. Like, no doubt in terms of like, the the politics for the people kind yeah. of angle and uh, this movie has pol it's propaganda for the people it is you don't see the people get a lot of propaganda i maybe wish this movie was executed a lot better there are deep flaws there, but there are but there is a relatability because this is about this movie's about the corrupt medical industry yeah there's in someone else's hands this wouldn't have been a happy ending because in reality this wouldn't have been a happy ending. Yeah, what, but we got we got our fairy tale happy that's true. ending in that, this movie. That's one big flaw is that it was too happy at the end. Yeah. It worked out too well. Yeah. But the drama does kind of work as it much does. as it seems. Everything feels a little forced. Um There are moments and you hit it on the head when you said it earlier. 
the family moments when Those the scenes good. between the mother and the son, when uh, the, the father and the son, together. the two women was, together. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, sweet. when they're in the truck playing games at the beginning. That's for it. What? What'd you say? What'd you I say? say? I said. Dashboard. Now. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't. Hello. Come get this woman, please. What is no good? <laughs> come on, come on. Even when he and she are fighting, you know, and then they make up because he. Because they love each other. Like, sometimes you have to fucking fight when you're in love. Also, this movie features two members of the Pussy Posse. <laughs> now, the Pussy Posse, they call themselves the Wolf Pack. But back in the late 90s, as Leonardo DiCaprio was coming up, and they're off making hijinks, the number two in the Pussy Posse is Tobey Maguire. They're all uh, Okay. And then you got uh, Lucas Haas, who was the kid in Rambling Rose. You remember that movie? Uh-uh. Well... Uh, we got uh, two Pussy Posse alumni in here with Kevin Connolly. He plays that ER nurse that actually argues on behalf against the corrupt medical system. He's had a system. couple good little moments. And Ethan Supley, who has the guard, Max Connolly. You probably know Ethan Supley more from the guy of Mallrats who's staring at the 3D picture trying to see the boat. But they are two members of the Pussy Posse. I've been, I've been fascinated by the Pussy Posse lately, and their yeah. extended members, including Sarah Gilbert, who is also an un- kind of like a stand-in member of the Pussy Posse That's at hilarious. times. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. You know, they just like, let's get us a lesbian, that'll give yeah. us some more cred. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we were all young and ridiculous, but they are, a lot of those guys are probably trapped in that era. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I thought Kevin Connolly did a nice job here. He and Ethan Subley, you know, he's a character, a bit character Serviceable. actor. There's, you he did what he was there to do. Yeah, you're not going to complain no, about his not presence. a bit. He is like a fucking bodybuilder now. So, shit's struggling out there. Yep. In the Archibald house. he uh, He's getting his hours cut. Jobs are moving overseas. He can't get no work. We hear George W. Bush talking about how the economy's shit. We're marching to war. During this time in 2002, a lot of the Denzel movies are kind of like these Iraq invasion era wars. Like, you notice Man on Fire, it's full of torture. Yeah. So you gotta, that's almost, you could interpret that as maybe softening (laughs) some of the blows of uh, what would be revealed not too long after. But it does seem obvious when you really pay attention. But shit's rough, and they got this cute little kid, and he has a bad... Heart attack or something like they discover his that his heart, heart is, is like, enlarged, yeah. And so it's working too hard. And so he goes to the hospital, and they're saying like, "Oh well, you you know we've all this movie does really accurately represent the bullshit bureaucratic runaround, the things that people who argue against universal health care they they claim that the things that we actually do all the time with these insurance companies." Like, when I had to have a surgery years ago, I had to go to three different fucking buildings just to sign this off, and then, and not even including the building I went to to actually have the surgery. And then, and what you had was a pretty routine surgery. We were on payment plan for years paying for that surgery until we could finally just pay the end of it off. Like, it's insane the amount of money. And they still sent the bill to the address that I didn't live at for a decade, I think, initially. (laughs) 
I know. Which is so dumb. So dumb. Like, you have to write down your address every time you fart in a fucking hospital, and yet they still somehow don't send it to the address that you literally went to four different buildings to write your address down. Someone that I work with had to have her appendix out recently, and she has her prescription medication that she brought with her to the hospital, and they wouldn't let her take what she brought. They insisted that she had to take from them. And, of course, they charged a fucking like arm a and a leg for every for fucking a couple pill. of ibuprofen or some shit. Uh, I mean, probably 50. I really feel like when you talk to people from other countries, and, and our medical system is proof inherently of how our whole society is jilted the power structure towards the right mm-hmm. wing of everything. A lot of people will maybe... A lot of people who consider themselves centrist, they might call that like they're between, we're, I'm between the Democrats and the Republicans. But the Overton window, meaning the, the policies that are allowed to us by the structure of power go from center to right. And everything over here, they work the hardest to make sure we don't go in this direction. Then they'll win the elections, making promises in this direction. And then when they get here, it's like nothing. I mean, when it comes to the medical industry, there's really just not that much help from either major political party. And it's not even that having a universal single payer tax health system would make your country inherently socialist, but it's just that we, we veer so hard right that we can't even, someone can't even get cancer without like draining yeah. people's livelihoods in this it's, country. It's the same thing as prison system in america like there's so much money in it and there's so many people profiting from our healthcare system being set up the way that it is from the drug companies to specialists to your hmos everybody's getting all this money you got an hmo right yeah well there's your answer i mean hmos pay their doctors not to test that's their way of keeping costs down Right, let's say Mike didn't need additional testing and insurance says they won't cover them. The doctor keeps his mouth shut and come Christmas, the HMO sends the doctor a fat ass bonus check. Is that true? Possible. Not likely, but possible. The idea of stopping it, there's just too many people who are going to argue it. They try to make the argument in this movie that it's because the people don't want it. The people don't want more taxes. You're talking about at the end of the movie is like this ticker of famous faces of the time making a variety of like arguments about it people showing up throwing up universal health care signs and then like uh, Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. being like people want access to medical and it's like when you when you talk about universal health care then most establishment Democrats then turn it into an access to insurance issue they make it sound like no I'm gonna give everyone access to insurance that's not the answer and it's like no we all get access to insurance. But in this movie, a man has insurance, which has been reduced because his hours have been cut, but he has insurance and he needs to come up with $75,000 just to make a deductible to pay for his son's open heart surgery. And he's trying to fill out all these papers and argue all these points and it, it keeps being the wrong thing. It's that classic, like, they even do this in the movie, you're in the wrong line. Yeah. Bullshit. Where it just feels like you're being jerked around and around and around. And so they say to him, because of because of everything, the state that it's in, they tell him they're a cash patient. 
Mm-hmm. And a heart replacement is an elective surgery. You need your heart to live. Yeah. And How the, is that a fucking elective surgery? And the thing you were referencing, like the Bill Maher clip states, like, he's like, Americans don't want the universal health care because they don't want to pay the taxes for it. I mean, obviously, there's an entire systemic structure that needs to be overhauled, especially because we pay more in the military than any country ever has in history. So some of the concept could be that maybe we can move some of these funds around. Absolutely. But also, they're going to nickel and dime you anyway. They're just going to find another way. You're still going to be paying high tax rates for any other reason. And that, th- and the thing that they people will claim they don't want to do, they don't want this because of this. Well, the thing that's going to happen is going to happen anyway. And they're actually going to tax you even when they themselves are subsidizing these for-profit medical industries that are privatized. And so it's actually the worst of both worlds. We actually do take our tax monies and and it is taken and dumped into this system, but it's a purely for-profit system. So they are setting drug prices anywhere they want. Insurance company, it's their job to figure out how not to pay you mm-hmm. when you pay into insurance monthly. Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, the government, because of how they pay for campaigns in these industries, Two politicians across the board will subsidize these drug companies, these medical companies that are purely pure profit. So they're not only making money in which they get to set their own costs, although apparently insulin has been capped recently. That is some good news. That is good news. But yeah, it's and on top of all that, they still are taking our money. We're still so. So it's we're talking about this like our tax monies aren't going to them. It already is. Proper national healthcare system could be so much more efficient than the for-profit one we have now. Admittedly, it could take a generation or two to change the culture because it requires a cultural shift. When one of the one of like two countries in the whole world who have our pharmaceuticals advertised to us on commercials, right? So there is a culture where people think that they can dictate their own medicine. And yeah. we have a, a culture that will treat your symptoms. And so to shift to a national health care system, it's going to be like massive preventative care. Mm-hmm. Of course, people are going to have a hard time with that. People are going to complain about that. It may take time, but you would have to see it through for it to properly function. I mean, this movie's kind of saying all that. Raises up money and then they just, but he doesn't have all the money. And, and, but the money he pays them, they take it, of course. And he's giving them thousands of dollars. Weekly. Like his community is coming together. Now they do GoFundMe. He's selling shit, everything right? that he has. His truck, everything. And then, and then they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. We can take this money, but we're going to keep him here. And the mother is there and she calls her husband. And she's like, you need to do something. Oh, cause they say they're going to let him go. Yeah, they're going to send him home. All right, baby. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, they're not going to send him home. I, I gave him money yesterday, it baby. It doesn't matter, John. Does Listen matter. to me. They are releasing him. Come on now, baby. I talked to the hospital. I, I, they said, you know, I'll take care John, of it. John, you always take care of everything. I will. But it's never enough, is it? I'll, now, you need to do something. Do you hear me? Do something. If he can't yeah. get the surgery, he will just die days, weeks, months. Yep. So she calls up old John Q., uh, is played by Mr. Denzel. She's like, you need to do something. So he shows up in the emergency room with a gun. Sticks it in James Woods' face. The scene where he takes the doctor got to me so bad. 
because he's this man whose son is dying who needs to just get on the list for a donor. Just just on the list. That's all he's trying for at this point. They won't put the kid on the list. Yeah. Because you have to give a down payment. And he's talking to this rich-ass couple, flirting with the woman, talking about the man's got this new ticker. He's in his 50s. Yeah. Listen, like, not that 50-year-olds don't deserve hearts, but this is a goddamn 8-year-old. It was just so infuriating. If you've got money, you can get anything. So he puts a pistol to that guy, and the hostage situation begins. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get Robert Duvall. He, Robert Duvall is presented as the, as the good cop. He's the hostage negotiator. The hostage neg- negotiator. He's got a heart. He doesn't approve of taking hostages, but he seems to understand what he's going through. Ray Liotta is the chief of police. That's all about the cameras and all this shit. And the whole movie is just like really dripping hardcore concentrate melodrama. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole thing. And um, at one point, they try to assassinate him and all that, and it doesn't, and it falls through. They get, like, a video feed that the news taps into, and, like, they actually end up putting out across nationwide a conversation that he's having with his son on the phone. Which causes Chicago to come around, all these people to cheer his name. And everyone is like, let him go. Who can't relate to this being involved in this medical rigmarole literally everyone can relate to that yeah but it didn't did you want him to shoot someone i did i wanted to see him like execute that fucking physician like straight up i think it speaks to his character even though it is a little sappy that he didn't even have any bullets in the gun until he so he decides at the end it's like the 11th hour his kid is going to die and he's had his kid brought to him in the emergency room they won't let the mom in right and he's decided that there's no heart, so he's going to shoot himself. He's going to kill himself, so they will use his heart. And James Woods, at this point, they've talked so long and gotten to know each other that James Woods is like, okay, I'm in. And the other doctor is like, you will lose your license. He's like, what are they going to fucking do? Eddie Griffin is in this movie. He backs up John Q, but he's also not supportive of him losing his... And they yeah, did, he's like, I don't, they you let should Ed, not kill yourself. They let Eddie Griffin wear his own clothes uh, in this movie. Yeah. And uh, and then there's a there's another guy uh, that like beats his girlfriend. Yeah, she is actually at the time she was Nick Cassavetti's wife. Oh, that girl. okay. Um, so yeah, she was wearing like a blonde wig, and she rips it off at some point. And she really she and the, like there's two nurses in the ER. There's the guy, and then there's a woman, and she says it's her first day. She and that girl. Well, who, she's like the reception, like ER reception. Oh, maybe she's and there's another scrubs, brunette yeah. nurse. That's all action. Yeah, I think she's maybe a doctor. Um, mm. Oh, but right. The doctor was a woman. There was a woman doctor, I think. The anyway. doctor was a woman. <laughs> Please, doctor, can you operate on my son? The doctor was a woman. That's the riddle. Right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, and yeah, he like. I don't remember what he I He tries to say. take John Q down, but John Q fucks him up and his own girlfriend fucks him up. So she turns on him. Well, and what I was trying to say is that when he's trying to make this decision of what to do, she and that like nurse receptionist person who's it's her first day, they are they are two of the ones who are like, this is like such an amazing thing that he's wanting to do. Like it's yes, we don't want him to kill himself, but at the same time, like that's the biggest sacrifice that you can possibly make. Of course, yeah. You know, and and then other ones are like, you're insane. You yeah. know, and then and then the one guy, what's his name that you were just talking about? He's kind of the comic relief. He wears his own clothes. Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin. 
He he's the one that kind of like most levels with him. I know what's happening to Mike is bad, man. Matter of fact, it's the worst. But killing yourself ain't gonna solve a damn thing. Sometimes you just gotta let go and let God. Just accept it, brother. And it's just like, dude. Yeah. Sometimes you have to let things go. Like, it's not worth losing your own life. What about your wife? Like, what is she going to think about this? And he basically was like, I think she would do the same thing. Oh, oh! I want to say before we go further, because we're about to go ahead and wrap up the whole plot. But at the beginning of the movie, we see this lady driving crazy. Oh, and, my gosh. And she gets T-boned by a semi. Mm-hmm. And then we it's don't, her own fault. And then we don't see her until the drama starts to ramp up. And then people are like, she's a donor. And she's being positive. back to her car, I was like, he's going to get her heart. I forgot all about her. Yeah, I did too. And then it's like, oh, it's coming. So he, They didn't need the part at the beginning about her. So so that so that chopper's coming in, life flighting. And that that's a pretty cool scene where he's trying to, sh- he's on the gurney and he's going to shoot himself and he clicks. <laughs> Jesus. And then the the and then he's like fuck and he like just has a mini panic attack because he that left. was so intense that was actually really played very when well when he was Denzel, talking to his son Denzel before does, that he actually does a great job in this all movie. the way through that when he was crying talking to that boy all the way through until that moment like it was so intense and amazing we also didn't talk about the whole thing is he's basically just saying they're like what are your demands he just wants Anne Hayes to fucking come there and put his kid's name on the list and she's kind of lying at first. She does and lie at th- first. She does lie at first. And then you're not sure when she talks to the mom if she means it or not. Well, and then she starts crying when she's watching the news feed because and she grows a, her own heart. They're broadcasting. <laughs> they're broadcasting the conversation that he had with his son. Yeah. And of course, it turns everyone to his side, right? Yes. And then she puts the kid's name on the list. And then within 10 minutes, there's a heart. I, it's just, it's so. That matches him unbelievably. It was too clean. Crazy. We needed some corrupt um, insurance people to get executed I mean, look, in this I didn't want Denzel to kill himself, but that would be like such a statement. So we play up this drama where we don't know if Denzel killed himself by the time this heart shows up. But then it's revealed Eddie Griffin pretends he's Denzel when he's getting arrested. Well, the woman, like, beat on the door. Yeah. And I think she got in there. And then, let her in. And then we see uh, some of the surgery straight up. And uh, the heart looks very rubber. and yeah. and But the, it looked really good when they had the kid's chest open. Like, yeah. That was creepy looking. And, uh, yeah, and then we... They cut, snuck Denzel in as a nurse. Right. And then we cut to a courtroom. Where he's not guilty on two charges, but guilty on a third. Only kidnapping. I mean, there's of course he's going to be charged something here. I would can't let him scot free. But yeah, so the kid is. um, But he's got the backup of his best friend. Everyone thing is kind of tidy, at least with this one family. But the system of itself does not uh, does not change. You don't get people propaganda very much. It's all propaganda. Don't. Some people just call it propaganda when it's something that another country does. No, it's all propaganda, buddy. It's just a matter of uh, how true it is and uh, what you believe in, right? So, But I can't say, like, this definitely was uh, uh, an ivy saline drip of melodrama. See what I did there? I did. I do. And I did think there was some great performances, especially centered around the family. I can't really 
prop up much else, no. even though it's got my boy Ray Lee in it, Ray Liotta. I know, and he he was so slimy and gross, but and he, he was the one that was like, "I'm the police chief, and I have to be showing my face." But this is it was also just kind of a role that like that's just kind of a Ray Liotta doing the Ray Liotta. Yeah, role. it was almost like Ray Liotta had a cameo in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, essentially, and Anne Hayes, you know. The late Anne Hayes. She did a fine job at being a reprehensible. You did hate her pretty person. good. So I really I guess did she hate did her from job. the first moment. But I, I don't know. I want to see a movie of hers out there where she really stands out because it just kind of seems like uh, maybe similar critiques to uh, the Meg Ryan that I gave for. Um, I don't know. Courage that under I've fire. Seen Anne Hayes much? I know she did that thing. With Harrison Ford, where they're sh- where they their plane goes down on a beach or something, she I know like she, that was a big deal I, one for her. I remember like uh, one of the biggest deals in her history was when she dated Ellen for a bit after she came out. Like she dated Ellen, remember that shit? Yeah. And now everyone's like, Ellen's actually kind of good. So that's what everyone says about Ellen. Ellen dated now. Portia de Rossi too. Yeah, uh, aren't they still together? I think they are. I and, think they are. And uh, I think Anne Hayes, she may have been a little cornered after that career-wise in mm. terms of the things that opened up for her didn't. I think she was bi. Like, she wasn't just lesbian. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And because she dated men and women. But I think she maybe was overlooked from that time because that Ellen shit was so big that it kind of just maybe downplayed her a little yeah. bit. Unfortunately, that is unfortunate. Even Robert Duvall's role was just kind of there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, I think James Woods does play a good dirtbag, though. <laughs> I think he's really yeah, good. he was he's good at re- that. He's really good at that. Yeah, and he's actually uh, actually I do commend his performance in this movie because at first it seems like he has a heart, like he's got the good bedside manner, right? And then when the things get too hard and the money's not coming in. Then he com- then he reverts to your typical medical dirtbag. Yes, because he's even telling him, hey, really like, nice we should touch. help them. Like, you can help them. Like, just, you he, know. They were just good cop, bad cop when they're mm-hmm. both cops, right? So, But at the end of the day, she's his boss and he's going to do what she says. So that was actually, his performance actually was pretty good because yeah. he's good at being a slime ball. Yeah. Anyway, let's rate this. We're okay. S- we're saying goodbye. To Denzel with this movie for the people this week, Artists for the People. Mm-hmm. Portraits of the Artists this month. I've really enjoyed it. And we're going to move on to Women in Crisis yes. by the end of the week. But for John Q, you give it one through five, again, one through five combined for a best out of 10. You know, truly, I'm feeling like a 2.75, but propaganda for the people, you don't see that very often. So I'm going to bump it up to a 3.25. That's what I was going to say because I was going to do a three and then I thought. Extra point two five for honestly, uh, purely Denzel and the woman. That's true. That played his wife. They did great. Um, no complaints about Denzel. Never. Of course not. Six point five. Although he did look funny in Man on Fire when he was trying to seem like one of the cool kids at the club when he dressed up like that. That was his most exposed moment. I feel. Remember when he uh, went to the club and he's got the rag on yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, I'm one of these club kids." I did, like that I told was, you, I didn't recognize him at that's first. That's the most exposed I think we saw Denzel this month. Yeah. Anyway, 6.5. That's a B. <laughs> All right, folks. Take a look. Nick Cassavetti's John Q. John Queef starring Denzel hey. Washington. Rude. <laughs> John Queef Archibald. 
Uh, th- this movie's in the same uh, realm as Halloween 2, Scream 6, Pillow Talk, starring Rock Hudson and Doris Day, and uh, Roman Polanski's Oliver Twist, uh, and Emperor Jones. The Emperor oh. Jones. This movie's at least as good as those movies. This seems right to me. Yeah, yeah. So this year is going to be... We're calling it the year of Von Trier because it's going to be a depressing fucking month. So by the time we get to the end of the year, we're going to be talking about a dozen Lars Von Trier movies, which accounts for most of his feature film category. Mm-hmm. And he likes trilogies, so it all like rounds out, right? But uh, we're going to be watching um, a dozen, over the course of the year, a dozen Lars Von Trier movies. We're calling it the year of Von Trier because it's going to be a dreary fucking election year. So... But hang in there. Don't slit your wrists. Don't do anything. Don't. don't overdose on pills. We need you around. We need you in our lives, okay? Even though it's going to be the fucking year of Von Trier. And then after that, by Friday, new topic. Women in crisis. Movies in which women are in a lot of trouble. And uh, we'll be. that's when we get John Cassavetes showing up. Oh, Nick's dad. The much more famous Cassavetes. Though... Mm-hmm can so check the show notes for links and other places to find us like subscribe leave a comment correction don't tell me why um you think the health system is fine I, I don't care Mm-mm. i don't there there may be a different movie review youtube podcast you might want to listen to in that case but um but it's not like we gave this like five stars because it's right mostly <laughs> It's uh, it's flawed. It's very flawed. But we movie. agree with the message. Yeah, of course. We like it. Propaganda for the people. We need a little bit more of that. That's what this week is up until tomorrow when we talk about a Lars von Trier movie. Right. It's propaganda for the people. But it's been a great theme this month. Thank you for hanging out with us, Mr. Denzel. Um, you can come hang out anytime. We're going to miss you. Come, come by the house. We'll feed you. All right? All right. We love you. I don't know. I'm feeling like we're floating back towards death to all traders. Our sign-offs have not been amazing. Uh, but let's just tell people we love them one last time. We love you. Mike. Flex Wheeler. 275 pounds. Two for 